So we'll just jump right into it because the readings are pretty, pretty hard, pretty intense, pretty sobering, right? We all jump in to follow Jesus and we have this kind of presumption that, you know, you follow Jesus, you do the right thing, everything works out just fine for you, right? Because that's, that's the gospel, that's the message of God, that if God loves you, he'll take care of you and nothing bad will ever happen. And the message today, over and over again, keeps going right in the face of that. And honestly, you and I, we were baptized, we were called to be followers of Jesus Christ, witnesses to Jesus Christ, teachers of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we have that feeling of Jeremiah, like, I'm tired, and this isn't that much fun sometimes. And I don't like being rejected. And I don't like being alone. And sometimes teaching Jesus means you teach the loving part of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, and people love you for it, and they appreciate the healing moment they experience. And sometimes you teach the rest of Jesus. The challenging path of the Father's will, which sometimes isn't to human worldly happiness. And people sometimes don't like what you say. Jeremiah was really clear. It's like, you have duped me, Lord. What is this? I feel seduced. I feel like you lied to me. I don't want to speak anymore. I was distracted, but... Um, any any Spider-Man fans? Spider-Man? So there's two series, right? There's the older series with Tobey Maguire and the newer series, whatever. Both of them, it's always the second episode where Spider-Man is tired of being Spider-Man. Like the superhero, he just wants to live a normal life, fit in, have the girl for himself, and not have to worry about all the stress of being a superhero. Because let's face it, it's tough to be a superhero. I think Superman 2 is the same thing. Anyway, it's always the second episode. Where we get tired. And it's hard. It's challenging. All I want to do is fit in, but it's tough to stand out. And God calls me to stand out. And I was given these gifts with which I have the responsibility to use them. Because with great, with great power comes what? Great responsibility, yes. And sometimes God answers my prayers, and sometimes God says what? God doesn't. And I have to thank God for unanswered prayers. Oh, come on, people wake up. Anyway, so, but it is hard. It is challenging. And Peter is the first to pull God aside and say, wait a minute, this is not the script. You're not doing the right thing, Jesus, when you talk about this, that you're going to be crucified and, 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 and beaten and that you're going to die. And, but if you don't remember, like the last week, this earlier passage was, was Jesus like elevating Simon Peter, like praising Simon Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John. You are the rock of my church. And Peter, with all the confidence in the world, after Jesus talks about the cross and his suffering and death, Peter says, hey, um, come here, i got to tell you something. Let me teach you something, Jesus. This will never happen to you. God forbid that there would be a cross involved in following you, involved in salvation. God forbid that you would have to suffer. We'll come back to exactly what Jesus says to him, but he actually doubles down and ups the ante, you could say, on the rest of the apostles. He says, listen to me, all of you guys. Whoever would come after me, all of you, must live a comfortable life, go with the flow, and fit in, and have everything you desire. No, that's not what he said. You must deny yourself. Like me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. But I appreciate the struggle. Like, Peter's right there with us. Like, I thought I was going to be the rock of this easy, awesome church that everybody would be attracted to. Everyone would follow me because I'm the rock of the church. I want to be the rock of the triumphant church. 
Not a church where there's suffering, where there's difficulty, where there's challenges, where you're challenged to give up meat on Fridays as if that's so hard, but all these different things where we're like, you know, little self-denial here and there. But it's important to realize, like, I try to do the right thing. I try to be true to Christ. I try to preach His ways with my life, my example. I try to live by integrity, stand for His values, but sometimes it gets old. I'm a PSR teacher, and I'm teaching the faith to others. Sometimes it's really hard, and I get tired. And I don't feel the support. And I'm trying to live the ways of God and the moral life of Jesus Christ, and some of those things are kind of hard. And I, I teach it to others, and they look at me like I'm closed-minded, not open to the freedom that we have as human beings. We should use our reason to make our own right and wrong. And so I look like the naive close-minded, conservative Christian. In a world that redefines right, fun, cool as, I don't know, not the best things. My friends want to gossip, and I feel like I shouldn't gossip, so I stay out of that conversation, but now I'm being left out. My friends have a party, but at that party, they're watching the movie that I'm not supposed to watch because, you know, it's not the best movie, and I don't want to go. Well, I want to go because I want to go and I want to fit in, but I don't want to, I don't, what do I do? And I'm with my friends and they're underage drinking and like, I'm not supposed to do that. Or I'm with my friends and we're all over age, over drinking. And we just give in. Because that's what you do. And I'm tired of standing out. And if I do stand out, I'm classified as no fun. I'm not invited to the party. I've had that experience when you're on vacation with your girlfriends or guy friends and you're the only one on Sunday, on the vacation day, that actually wants to go to Mass. And when you do, you feel like you're kind of like being looked upon as judging them because they didn't go. So you just don't go. Because it's too much trouble. It's too much of a burden to put God's ways first. So I hope you can relate, all of us, to Jeremiah. I'm tired sometimes. It's hard sometimes to persevere as a witness to light in a broken world that so often favors darkness. It's hard to miss my Sunday morning game and go to Mass. It's hard to do those things. Our hearts long to not be a witness, to avoid standing out. I'll share with you for me what it's worth. Like, middle school is kind of rough. Because I was a kid in middle school, okay, my family had 10 kids, okay? It didn't take long to know that, know that my family was Catholic. And if you didn't, my parents would tell you, hey, we're Catholic. And you should do this and not do that. So by the time I got to eighth grade, remember, I think I shared this with you guys. My, 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 when I go to my friend's house, their parents would have to call my parents about the movie we were watching. Hey, Mrs. Dardis, is this movie okay for Stevie? Okay, good. Oh, it's not? Oh, that's all right. We'll change it. I hated that. Oh, I hated that. So by eighth grade, I made a private promise to myself that I will never do anything to stand out for my Catholic faith. Nothing. Jesus kind of laughed at me about my junior year. But anyways, it was there, okay? The struggle was real. But believe me, it was a struggle. We long to fit in and to conform with our friends or our social values or the media today tells us is right or fun or popular or acceptable. And we reject the voice of God, the church's teachings that are considered today to be naive or intolerant, or closed-minded, or divisive, or just out of touch. You heard in the Gospel, our Lord challenged us 
What profit is it to gain the whole world with all of its delights, its money, its power, its pleasure, its social status, but to forfeit your life, your soul? But the message of our society today so often, even in church circles sometimes, is go ahead, seek after and gain all that the world can promise you. Money, wealth, power, social status, fit in, go with the flow, and don't worry too much about your soul. Sometimes it's the last thing we worry about. Sometimes it's too late when we start to think about maybe I should worry about it. It's the opposite message of the gospel. It's the opposite, the antichrist message of our society today. St. Paul even leans into that. He says, do not conform yourselves to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and heart according to Christ. The renewal of your mind, you're supposed to think differently from the ways of the world, from the popular fads in the world. Don't try to fit in when God created you, called you, baptized you, and sent you to stand out. That applies to all of us. That's what it means to be church. And sometimes it's hard. Our Lord doesn't hide it himself. The Son of Man will be rejected, crucified. And those who follow him will have to also deny themselves, not only to things outside, and sometimes you do need to deny, deny ourselves to things outside, right? Ever had a toxic boyfriend that you got to cut that off? Ever had toxic, toxic friendships that are not healthy, not leading you to be true to yourself? Ever had a Netflix account that you might need to cancel? Just a suggestion. Anyway, ever had any other account that some of the stuff on there is kind of not appropriate to expose your mind or your heart to? Something's outside are pulling us the wrong way. They're desensitizing the conscience to things that the conscience used to say, hey, that's not right. Hey, you're called to goodness, innocence, not impurity, licentiousness, or foul language, right? All these things like, oh my goodness, that's so old-fashioned. Why don't you fit in with today's way of speaking? But also things within ourselves, right? Those desires of our heart that are a little, little twisted. The meanness that comes out, the desire to assert myself and put down my friend or my sibling. You have to deny your brokenness and take up the cross of forgiving your enemy, forgiving your sister when she hits you, loving your mom when she tells you to go do your homework. All these things, well, I don't want to do that. And yeah, that's the whole point. Stay behind him. Even when the world around you would pull you in 60,000 different ways, Stay behind Him. When it's easy, and when your brokenness is saying, Oh, this hurts. This is heavy. Can I do that? Am I doing that? Is Christ my real point of reference? Or is it the world and cultural fads today? Or I just do, I, do I just feel, follow my feelings, you know? Feels good this, feels good that. I'm in a happy mood, so I smile. I'm in a bad mood, so everyone knows about it. What am I following? St. Paul, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. Wait, what? That sounds kind of weird. I like indulging my body, indulging my appetites, indulging my passions, doing whatever my feelings tell me to do, and making it a sacrifice to myself, and to what feels good. Now St. Paul says, offer everything 
to him, for him, according to his ways. And I appreciate it again. That's, that's the whole point. St. Peter, like, Lord, not this way. Never this way. And Peter gets the harshest rebuke of the entire gospel. Jesus was harsh on his enemies. Sometimes he was a little harsh on his friends when they didn't get it. Get behind me, you Satan. You are an obstacle to me. Now there's some beautiful commentaries about what was behind Jesus, what was he feeling. Some people actually say, like, maybe like in the desert when Jesus was tempered, tempted, it wasn't easy for him, but he did it, he succeeded. But then it's his best friend whispering in his ear to not go the way the Father has him going. That's harsh. That one hurts. So he doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't give any room to that. He says, immediately get behind me. You're an obstacle. And I think it was harsh, but now Peter's skin seems to have been pretty thick. I appreciate Peter's skin because sometimes we're a little sensitive, but I think our Lord was telling all of us and was telling the listeners then, it was so harsh of a reprimand because you need to get this. The world is not going to get this. Your friends sometimes are not going to get this. You need to get this. So he gave that really harsh response to his best friend. We look at the, cru the crucifix. God loved his son. God deeply loved his only, quote, beloved son. But he also called him to the cross. Sometimes we need to be, to be willing to stay with him. Sometimes when we feel the Father asking us some hard things. No, don't go to the Garth Brooks concert because you made a commitment to work or you're supposed to do this or that or the other. Or wake up with a hangover and go to Mass after the Garth Brooks concert. Sometimes the Father asks the hard things. Hey, bear witness to my name in front of your friends. Hey, pray, maybe a little bit in public too before you, say, before you eat your meals or something. Why not? Because I don't want to. Because that's hard. That's weird. Look, we talked about this last week, I think. Like, you know, when there's, the current is flowing a certain way, any dead fish can go with that current and fit right in. But it's dead. It takes a living fish to be countercultural, countercurrent. Can I do that? Or am I really dead? Is my faith dead? If you haven't felt in some way the difficulty of being Christian, the, the burden of the cross, the burden of the moral way of Jesus Christ. If you haven't felt it sometimes even shunned by certain crowds of people that you're trying to fit in with, it might be that you're going the wrong way. If living the Christian life has always been super easy for you, never challenged, then it probably wasn't the Christian life in this broken world. We do struggle because it's hard to be Spider-Man. Let's face it. It's hard. I will say sometimes we point our finger at the, the mean church or the mean priest or the mean that or the mean Jesus who makes these things hard for us. It's not him, actually. It's our own brokenness in the broken world that make it hard for us. Our Lord would call us to integrity. We'd like to be people of integrity. But in today's society, sometimes you're really pressured to be a little dishonest, to fudge the numbers, to, to get the edge over your competitor, to do what you need to do to win, because that's what it's all about. And so our integrity suffers. Jesus isn't making that hard. 
It's the world making that hard. I noticed too with the other series with Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, the moment he psychologically started to undermine his own faith in who he was and what he was called to be, it's like the powers, he didn't have his powers anymore. It's like he watered down who he was so much that that was it. He lost his powers. Sometimes we ask ourselves, gosh, you know what? It's been a long time since we've seen any miracles. You know, Padre Pio, back in the 60s or 70s, whatever, you heard about one person doing amazing things, the miracle of his bilocating, or he could tell people their sins, or he had the stigmata, or whatever. That was one in a million since the times of Jesus Christ. Some people ask, is that maybe because we've really watered down what it looks like to live the Christian faith? And we don't see too many miracles today. I mean, you come to Mass every day, but it's only one in a million when you see the blood flow. Those exist, but our, our faith in the Eucharist is still pretty watered down sometimes. The Christian needs to be a bright light, clear, convinced. I appreciate Jeremiah at the end of the story. He doesn't end on that note of like, oh, I give up. He actually turns, I'll speak his name no more, but then it becomes like a fire burning in my heart. It's in prisons trying to get out of my very bones. I grow weary trying to hold it in and hide it. I cannot endure. And I have to bear witness. I have to give back to a God who so freely gave so much to me. I can't keep it to myself. Look, if, if you're listening to the readings today and, and the message is kind of real for all of us, if, if we have, in recent memory, left my cross on the ground, not carried it, not denied myself, rather indulged myself with my friends or gone with the flow and left Jesus hanging alone on the cross and sinned against the Father's will for me. Rather than sit there saying, well, I think the church is wrong and I don't want to be a, a, a bad person so I'm going to ignore it. No, admit the failure and bring it to confession. In two weeks we have every, on Wednesday night, the 13th I think, it's the exaltation of the cross. Every single church in the Archdiocese, every single one, no matter where you go, in the evening, will offer confession. You can come to the priest that you know and, and whatever, or you can go to some priest who doesn't know you, go anywhere you want. You don't know how many churches there are right here in the Luling area? There's like five churches. Lots of options on Wednesday night, the 13th. Because we've all kind of struggled. And rather than deny our sin, we need to deny ourselves and start up again. Reset. The church wants to help us get up from our falls, not stay wallowing, complaining that we shouldn't be considered sinners. We are sinners. But, but the challenge stands. Take up your cross and follow me. I'll close with this. We're about to receive Holy Communion. We're about to receive what we know to be the body and blood of Christ offering himself for us. Remember, he did it first. Denied himself, his whole self. There's nothing left for him up there. He says when you receive Holy Communion, I give up everything for you. I hold nothing of myself back out of my love for you. And then we receive Holy Communion and it's an invitation for us, not trusting in ourselves, but asking for his help. Lord, I want to help me to give up everything for you. Wherever you lead me. Whatever you ask of me. Wherever I can't deny myself yet for you, Lord, help me to deny myself even there out of love for you, out of gratitude for you, out of a desire for more people to know you. I'll witness not only with my words, but with the actions of my denying myself, with my willingness to stand out, yes, even in public, 
Y'all heard me say this before, right? If the, um, in the early Christian times, Christians were martyred for their faith, right? They, all they needed to do is bring forth testimony or, or evidence that he was a Christian, and the Christian was tried, convicted, and, and executed because he was a Christian. Today, the question is, if I or you were put on trial, and people tried to bring evidence before the judge in the court of my peers to say, does it look like this person is truly a Christian? Would there be enough evidence for me to be found guilty or not? And that's the challenge of our Lord today. Am I living the way He called me to live? Am I truly following Him in private and in public? When it's hard, when it's easy, when my friends are doing it, when they're not doing it, when they're doing the opposite of it, where do I stand? May our Blessed Mother intercede for us because she watched her son first pay the price for you and for me. May she also give us a little nudge, a little help, a little hand-holding to reset, redirect, and put Him first in our lives and in our witness. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.